This is the Outback Way podcast, proudly sponsored by our HEMA Guidebook and Atlas. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. Today's episode is all about the economic value for industry throughout and along the Outback Way. The Outback Way Development Council has been running some industry briefing Zoom meetings for just updating people who have businesses and uh, potential businesses along the Outback Way about the value that the sealed road will deliver for those businesses and the communities along it. So please uh, enjoy the, this episode and uh, we look forward to having you on the journey through along on the Outback Way. Uh, take care and please uh, utilise our website, outbackway.org.au, to make your plans and your itinerary. Uh, don't forget to pick up your copy of the new travel journal, which you can actually use for planning your trip and also use it as a memento as you can journal your experiences along the Outback Way as you go along. So enjoy the journey through the heart of Australia and travel safely. Thanks so much. So the Outback Way project was the brainchild of Patrick, actually, um, back in 1997 and uh, at the ALGA conference and there was a motion moved to actually, you know, progress the ceiling from Laverton to Alice Springs. Patrick, did you want to comment on that at all? Yeah, okay. I just... um... I've joined council here back in 1992 and in Laverton here. Sorry, I'm Patrick Hill, the president of the Shire here. And um, I joined here in 1992 and there's quite a bit of pressure put on our Shire here to get the road done up between here and the lands into the um, Nanajara land because it was the only access they've had in there to get their fuel and, and supplies out there. And Warburton's 570 kilometres from here. And, um, so, and it was really just a goat track. But the trouble is we, like our shire, couldn't afford it because we just didn't have the mining and the base and the resources to do it here at the time. And um, we end up getting the um, the Minister for Transport up here, Eric Charlton, who was a State Minister at the time, and he, he undertook some, well, he gave us some money to put a centre line through from here through to the Northern Territory border to identify the actual route the road's going to go because it was bends and everything at that time. And then from there we got, about $25 million over five or ten years, I think it was at the time, out of a special initiative fund that the state government had at the time. So we used that um, Nanajara Kushire and Laven Shire decided to form this group together and we worked together to up or use that money to upgrade the road. And then so we were doing that when I went to the um, Australian Local Government Conference, the first one held in 1994, and um, I saw that as a great opportunity there for for our shire to try and raise some extra funds to put onto this road because we had that issue of you know trying to find money to put into it. So with that, which we talked here at the shire and we said, well, look, the only way we're going to try and get like federal funding out of this is look at a, a nation national link initiative across the country. So we originally, the first motion I took over was in 1995. I took it over and um, I called on the Australian local government to assist the Shire Laverton in raising additional federal funds to look at a national link across from Laverton through to Earl Dunder or the other west of, like, to Ella, to, to Illaroo and then on to Earl Dunder where it hits the Stewart Highway and then we just drew a line straight across to Brisbane from there. 
And that motion got passed by the 1,500 delegates at that conference, but there was an amendment to it where someone from Tasmania popped up and said that we want to include the Tasmanian Sea Link from Melbourne to Tasmania, which basically was a bridge from Melbourne to Tassie, include that in it, which that amendment got passed. And so it sort of dwindled ours down a bit. So in 1996, I took the same motion back without the amendment and I got it passed again. And then the Queensland people, Buller and Winton, came and saw me and said, um, how about we, you know, would you look at going a bit north of Alice Springs across the Plenty Highway and across the Bully and Winton? I said, absolutely, it's great. That's what we need. We need that connection. We need people to support the project. So with that, we had a couple of phone link-ups in 96. In 1997, we all went to the General Assembly and we had our first AGM. And from there, uh, Winton and Bully are in the town of Alice Springs and Nana Jarakushire and Labor, and we've been together, formed as a group, and working towards upgrading, you know, this particular road or well, the number of roads that have been incorporated into the Outback Way. The Outback Way is just a brand name and it's, it's a number of roads linking the Outback Way. So, But since then we've been uh, lobbying. So we've basically formed this group as a, as a lobby group on behalf of the five shires. And uh, since then we've been raising funding. The first lot of funding we did, we raised four hundred and I think $480,000 to do an integrated tourism plan on the road, which that's, and then we did the feasibility study or a number of feasibility studies on it, and um, they all come up good and positive. And uh, from there we progressed, and the first allocation of road to, of funding to really from the federal government was $10 million from the Howard government, which was matched by the state and territories. And that went a long way to completing what the state government here was doing, trying to do at the time, upgrade the road to a Type 3. And uh, since that funding, well, that funding ran out, they were, and part of that was, I think it was a couple of million dollars to Queensland and they matched that. And then the um, Northern Territory got $4 million because the Docker River section of the Trikantura Road was really in a bad state. And we said we'd like to see that fixed up, money put onto that, and also the Plenty Highway. But the Territory government couldn't match it fund and so some of that come over, I think about an extra $2 million of that come across to WA where the West Australian government matched what we could raise. So that went a long way to forming, you know, to improving the West Australian section of the road out to the land where we just got contractors in and formed it all up to a type three. So we had a formed road uh, right through the Northern Territory border, which was absolutely great. And from there, obviously, the traffic and the popularity of the road as a tourist route and a major transport route and all that grew. And uh, so then we went for the next step as uh, raising money to um, seal the road. And um, that's been got a lot of support. And do you want to say a little bit now, Helen? Go on yeah, from there. Sure, sure. So I guess yeah. um, the stats and facts of the Outback Way is it's 2,700 kilometres. 1,400 kilometres is sealed. We are sealing the 1300, so we'll actually seal 400 with the current money and we'll have 900 kilometres to seal. But because of the efficiencies, because we're already out there and we're already doing it and the money will flow as required, we know we can seal the 900Ks left to seal for 500 million. So the whole project will be in around that, just under a, a billion dollars. So that's great. And then uh, we, uh, and that's just really connecting, creating the third link across Australia. Clearly, it's delivering these economic opportunities for freight, pastoralists, tourism operators, um, community and you know, community businesses and 
Indigenous communities particularly. So there's 13 Indigenous communities that rely on the Outback Way to access larger centres and rely on it for their health and education service delivery and their fresh food and fuels. So it really is a a connector for lots of communities in Australia, um, right through the middle of Australia. So the alliance that Patrick's mentioned, and that, that this alliance has been going for 24 years, and it's um, a really proactive, positive alliance that is, uh, there's not a parochial bone in the bodies of the people participating. It's all about the bigger picture. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts, and everyone just wants to see this done. But we collaborate extensively, clearly with the uh, departments of transport in both uh, Queensland, Northern Territory and WA. So they are the 20% contributors um, in most um, in WA and NT and sometimes, you know, a little bit more in a little, a little uh, of that in um, Queensland. But um, the Indigenous communities, we, we're involved with their land councils, the economic boards all across the entire route, the RDAs, and then obviously tourism bodies, as well as um, the local government organisations as well. So the collaboration underpins this project and, and its success as well. The funding, we've secured over $400 million. We're sealing the We have an Outback Way investment strategy. So we actually have a rolling program of works, which means that any money that's allocated to the Outback Way, and we're a budget line item in the federal budget, it means that we know where it can go next. So we're shovel ready ultimately. I mean, some of you know the PPR work to be done, and and some of those preliminary, you know, that pro, the paperwork process. But we know where it's going, and those those sections are ready to go. We have done our various uh, cost benefit analysis, and throughout the last twenty four years, the latest one was two thousand and sixteen, and then we actually put together one in two thousand and nineteen twenty for the Infrastructure Australia Priority List, which we were announced as a national project initiative this year in February. So we are on the list for the Infrastructure Australia and we are seeking to put a budget submission in this October to actually seek that 500 million, I mean 100 million over five years, which will then seal the road and probably we're 26, 27, but we're, we're happy to push it up to 27, 28 if we need to. So that's the big ask at the moment is the 500 million. Um, and when we went to Canberra in March, that's what we discussed. and. It's not an unreasonable ask and it just means that we, we are now seeking to elevate this. We also went to Canberra with Cube, the national freight company, and also Oz Minerals. And it was very notable that that elevated the project significantly in the eyes of our policymakers, given that it, you know, we've got significant industry now looking to be involved and, and support this project as they see the huge value to their companies that this sealed road will deliver. So that's our effort now is really trying to enhance that industry support and private sector support for this infrastructure project in the sense of just literally mentioning it to our policymakers to ensure that it's on their, like policymakers know that private sector is going to, you know, is aware of this project and the value it's going to deliver to those companies and expansion for those companies and reduce costs. So when we look at what this infrastructure does for Australia. It's just this, these maps really just show how, how much closer the rest of Australia becomes to Alice Springs. And then we have a look at how close it all comes to Queensland. So Laverton, that middle of Western Australia, suddenly becomes quite a lot closer to Queensland. And then also Queensland becomes a whole heap closer to WA. 
So it's a real connector and it circumvents a lot of expense and time in travel, both leisure and uh, for business and freight, clearly. So it's a transnational route. We are recognised in various national papers. We are in the Northern Australia policy. We've submitted to National Freight and Supply Chain Strategy. We are on the infrastructure priority list. IQRAP identifies the project as a significant piece of infrastructure. And so it's a recognised, the value of it is recognised in those papers. We currently solve, we reduce the freight costs, we improve remote service delivery. And when we say that, um, I, I think I'll go into it the next slide and I'll go into it a bit further, but it's really critical if we're serious about closing the gap that a sealed road will do wonders for that effort. And um, if we can leave a place, we'll stay. And I think that's something that's underestimated. If you can leave, if you're a service provider, health and education, and you can leave a community, a remote community, because you've got a sealed road and, and at any time of day or night, you can depart to go and see family or, you know, for a family emergency, you'll stay in a place and deliver that service. And as a result, the community builds trust and the continuity of that service then ultimately delivers far better health and education outcomes for the people in the community because they turn up to school, they come and get their checkups because they trust you and you've been there a long time. And that's particularly relevant for Indigenous communities. So this whole notion of really helping these remote and isolated communities and rural towns, I think is um, this is going to be enormous value to actually really improving those service delivery outcomes. And then, of course, it delivers the mining developments. There's at least 40 mining tenements along the Great Central Road, of, of which probably 15 of them are actually being activated. But then with the sealed road, suddenly their businesses might, these mines might actually look to be far more viable. It's a brand new tourism route and I'll go on to more mining you know, in the next lot of slides. Patrick, if you want to explain a bit further yeah, down okay. um, yeah, when we do that. And then the, the new tourism route across Australia. So now you can actually zigzag the nation. You can do it in quarters because of the um, Outback Way. What we actually worked out with the Infrastructure Australia submission was that we were saving over 30, like Australia $30 million a year if we seal this road. So it, it, the costs are 30, well, the, the costs are $30 million or more a year, and that's one of the ban- benchmarks for the IA submission. And so with that, we're saving 19 hours of travel. The livestock industry is saving $2.6 million. Tourism growth, there's just a, sort of an example of how much growth. So that's an additional 3,000 tourists for the Goldfields region, and that's $450,000 in the Laverton community alone. And then you've got the increase in tourism around Bullier and Winton clearly uh, happening and it has happened in the last five years. Um, and that, then that's exponential once you start to put a sealed road onto that as well for Bullier. And that, then we've got Alice receiving, you know, over $400 million in, in tourism money every year. And if they can connect to Bullier, then Bullier can certainly benefit from some of that spillover from Alice right through to Queensland when people can just take a normal sedan on this road. The livability is enhanced, which I've just discussed, and then also the current costs, like we did the National Basket of Goods, and for somewhere like Nanajaraku, which is literally in the Western Desert, so between Laverton and Uluru, it's 133% higher, and those goods are canned food and frozen food. It's not even fresh food, and because they can't get it and it's not reliable, and um, when it does, does come in, it's only fresh for a bit. So... Then we've got the maintenance costs. So, again, Anna Jaraku did the figures and they worked out that it was like a 40% increase 
between two, you know, within 2018 and 2020, the maintenance costs are already gone up 40%. So, so the, the savings that a sealed road will deliver, are, there's evidence of that. So then the mining. So, Patrick, do you want to go on with the mining? Yeah, okay, thanks, Helen. Um, yeah, mining, look, mining obviously has a big influence on this road and in the West Australian section we've got some big mines proposed out in the lands there. Oz Minerals has got a copper gold mine out there at Jamison, which they call the uh, Musgrove Range Project, and then we've got the Wingalina Project on the corner of the Northern Territory, South Australian, West Australian corner at uh, the Governor General's corner there, and that's a 40-year project, nickel and cobalt project, a $2 billion to get it started, apparently. That's of the last quote that I've got. Oz Minerals, um, they're just east of Warburton and they've got a long-term project there and they want to be in production by 2024, which will they'll be using, they'll be bringing their copper concentrates down the Great Central Road and they're anticipating something like over 500 um, truck movements a year if it's sealed. If it's not sealed, it's going to be 800 truck movements a year. So that's a huge... Um, you know, maintenance costs just in there, keeping that going if it's not sealed. So uh, that's why we're trying to get this pushed through so we can continue to seal as quickly as possible and get it sealed up, you know, right through the Northern Territory Board and the WA side as quickly as possible so that cuts that maintenance cost and everything down. But just go on, what's happened over in WA, our shires were building this road. We, the first allocation about four or five years ago, we got $16 million here in WA, like out of the Outback Way funding that we've been raising. And um, the Nanajakushai and Lavenshire decided to put it into one section. So we did 50 kilometres out near, the, near our Shire borders, halfway between Laverton and Warburton. And that, you know, was really, really excellent. And um, so the next allocation funding, which is $46.5 million, which we're actually spending at the moment, the, because it sort of affected our cash flows with you know with the money that was coming in and going out and the time was to get to come back in, both shires decided which you know I had a request from Main Roads. We had the option to do it ourselves and all going with Main Roads. Main Roads is the both shires agreed to hand the project over to Main Roads, WA, which have been really really excellent and helpful and cooperative and working with us in a really constructive in a positive way and. In those negotiations, we formed, they formed what we call an alliance to develop the road and seal the road, uh, which we're, which is happening at the moment. And that's what they call the Wongatha Way Alliance, which um, there's Main Roads as project managers and Kerry Mining, which is a local mining organisation here, who an Aboriginal um, company, they're into mining and into training, you know, training Aboriginal people. They're doing the training for the people working on the road, local Aboriginal people. And um, Central Earth Moving, based from Geraldton, they're actually doing the construction work. So the three of them are all working together on this alliance, and they're they're actually they're sealing a section of fifty for fifty two kilometres out of Laverton, and, and they're now and they're doing the last ten kilometres as we speak, and that's going on really really good. And I'll just give you some quick figures that the total workforce over here at the moment is sixty three. And the um, the alliance and has, has got thirty three, and the subcontractors have got thirty people, and Aboriginal workforce is not, uh, uh, twenty, and um, the alliance or well, that's the total, and the alliance has got fifteen, and the subcontractors got five. So 
and the local workforce is 22 people out of Laban and working on it. So, um, and the subcontractor's got 13 of them, and the alliance has got nine. So it's um, and the local local Aboriginal workforce is about 12 people out there working. So, and that's continually changing. People are coming in and going. There's another 14 trainees um, happening at the moment. So, it's really it's good for the local economy, good for Laban, and, and what we're trying to do is get more people involved around Warburton. If this additional funding comes through, we're, we're already talking about expanding, you know, the the actual whole contract movement of it to try and get the road done quicker, which um, our project managers are working with the Warburton community in the central desert, central lands, to try and get more people involved in this road. That's the most important thing is that they... They take some ownership in the road, as I, as I say, and you know, they can go on and say that we help build this road, you know. So, and that's what we want to try and that's what we're trying to do and trying to engage them as much as possible. So, and, and the, as we speak, the Northern Territory is, de- is developing. Uh, the Docker River Road is, is continually being developed coming this side of the Olgas. Um, the Northern Territory's done qu- quite a lot of work there and also Bullia. I think they've got about 80, 87 kilometres now to develop, haven't they, That's right. Helen? Yeah, 87 k's to go yep, to the border. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's, um, it, it's it's working positively. It's going good at the moment and it's within budget over here in WA. So, And we've continuously, we've having bi-monthly meetings with main roads and the project managers to con- keep up with it all and make sure, you know, it's all within the scope of what we're planning. So um, up to now, we're just hopefully in the 22-23 budget federal budget, we can hear some, um, you know, extra additional funding come through what Helen mentioned there before to continue and finish the project by 27, you know, 26, 27. That's our plan. Very good. Thanks, Patrick. That's great. Yeah, so we... Um, uh, actually, I-, Helen, I should say just also that the major gold mines, um, there's a new push uh, like a mineral province, which is probably, which is about 100 to 150 kilometres east of um, Laverton, where we have the Gurieb Gold Project, which is owned by Gold Road and Gold Fields, uh, which is a South, South African-based company. Gold Fields is doing the mining. They've got, I think, around about 600 people on site, six or 700 people working on site out there. And there's a lot of other mining companies working north and south of that province. We've also got, um, you know, discovering new green fields, as they say, out there. We've also got the uh, Lake Wells Potash Project coming online, which is Another project, um, 200 kilometres northeast of Laban, which will link onto this road about 100 k's out. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, and um, you know, there's always talk of expansion, and and uh, so you know, we just hope that this is going to open up a new uh, mining province, especially out in the lands as well. And it's going to create a lot of jobs and opportunities for those people out there at Wingalina and and Jamison. So um, and we're in Warburton and in the lands. So. You know, it's it's looking positive, and I think the easier, well, the sooner this road can get sealed out there, and the and the more reliable access, it's going to provide a lot more opportunities for those companies going forward with those projects. Yep, thanks, Patrick. Yeah, and, and I guess the value of all this, the whole goldfield area, and the total value of all the mineral resources out of the Shire of Laverton in seventeen eighteen was two point, basically two point five yeah, billion. It's actually yeah. jumped up to three point six five billion now, Helen. The yeah. total, the total mining economic output from the Shire. Fantastic. Then there's also the cattle freight and the livestock uh, transport. And so we, if we seal based on the CSIRO modelling that we've had done, um, it's two dollars sixty one per head saving from Bullia to Tobermory if that road is sealed. 
on the Tobermory to Alice Springs, again, it's like a $3.12 saving. So it's really about there's 150,000 head travelling from the NT to Queensland annually. And so that's you know, 143,000 of that actually went on the, on the Plenty Highway in the Northern Territory. And then there's 700 rotanes on the Plenty into Queensland, and that was in 2019. So we really are getting a, quite a lot of you know, movements on that road and an additional travel cost on the gravel road cost the industry about a million a year. And when we did this, then the actual uh, the savings of that two, 216 million, actually, 216 million was for the livestock industry when we did our investment strategy. So, sorry, so 2.6, sorry, there it is there, 2.6 million per year. So, yeah, it's a very important road. And, of course, we're talking about the freight challenge and this sort of comes from the supply chain strategy uh, and, and just the number of the rail and, um, and, you know, we're clearly going to increase our freight requirement. And so, yes, so, you know, trucks are, are right up there and we're going to need that. So having good infrastructure, and this is a triple road train route as well, and we're maintaining that as a triple road train. So it's a far more efficient um, way of travelling. For the tourism side of things, we have our Outback Way app. We have a podcast. We have also got the, um, a guidebook um, and a travel journal. And we are also the world's longest geocache trail, which is where we do like treasure hunts. So it's a little box and people plant, the, we plant the box and then people find it. It's got a GPS location and people use their handheld GPS to find the treasure. They put a trinket in, take a trinket out, sign the book and log their find on geocache.com. And at any given time, there's over a million people geocaching in the world. So we've got 30, um, actually 54 geocache boxes now planted along the Outback Way uh, for people to find. And I get emails every day of people finding them. And that's the, you know, and when you look at the map of all the points of interest, all the linkages it makes to all the iconic tourism attractions in Australia, particularly obviously in the central Australia, but also though the winter age of dinosaurs and the dinosaur link right through to Alice Springs now. And we've got that goldfields history in WA and that early explorers all sort of started in Western Australia. So there's just an Explorers Hall of Fame over there and the tourism development is uh, and all these towns are doing a really good job in regards to their tourism. We've received a 461,000 Building Better Regions grant uh, two years ago and we've established the Outback Way Outdoor Gallery on the Plenty Highway, which is between Alice and Bullia, and that's 14 double-sided billboards with artwork from across the entire Outback Way is now, are now displayed on the Plenty. We're having the launch in July. And just to actually enhance that journey between Alice and Bullia, which didn't have a lot of any points of interest. There's Gem Tree, but between Gem Tree and Bullia, there's not a lot. So we thought we'd, we, we wanted to put something in there. And we promoted the Outback Way Art and Artisan Trail. So we're linking all the art centres from across the entire Outback Way within our travel journal that we've just published. The Docker River Campground, just um, west of Uluru, has been upgraded with ablution blocks and everything. Min Min Centre has been revamped. Uh, Dinosaur Trail in Winton is expanding continuously. And um, the tourism modelling, we're waiting for SIRO as well. So that's our tourism side. Is, is uh, There's a lot of collateral. There's a lot of support. And so people who are, and our website allows people to create their own itineraries. So we, and, and we really have probably promoted the tourism side and angle of the Outback Way 
initially because that was the low-hanging fruit in the sense of getting people using the road. Uh, and it, it was it's also listed as one of the great Australian drives by Tourism Australia. So that's been a national interest in this project and the route itself. So and now we want to, we're trying, now we're just elevating it because we're getting so much closer to finishing this project. We really want industry to understand it and the awareness of the value to the, the broader economy, just not just not not just the tourism sector. So and again, we talk about the national freight and supply chain and just connecting Australia and really linking that. We really ticked the box on some of those core target areas that they were looking at, like smarter and targeted investment, linking all the rail hubs, regional airports, probably even offloading some of the pressure on the Queensland ports. Once you've got a sealed road from, you know, Winton right through to Alice up and then you can go out of Darwin, we could see redirection of freight from central Queensland going out of Darwin instead of loading up the ports in Queensland. There's an enablement of supply chain efficiency. There's also better planning and regulation and coordination. So it helps with the integrated transport and land use planning across and between jurisdiction boundaries. We're already working with three jurisdictions across the nation. And I mean, then that might lead into linkages with some of the compliance issues and things like that. And better freight location and performance data. So develop an evidence base of key freight flows. So there's an opportunity for us to, you know, with a sealed road right in the middle, that those freight flows will significantly change. And, and when we did our modelling, they said over 50% of all freight from Western Australia would use the Outback Way instead of the Nullarbor. So it would just be far more direct route. So I, I put this line in because I'm just, you know, there's just no, in the interim report of that supply chain, you know, they just had this donut ring around Australia and, you know, we actually, and, yeah, this is great, but we really just need to understand the value of adding and the tanami, and that's the Tanami. Just those linkages will really shift the way in which we move freight around Australia and even to export markets and export hubs. So there's a bit of a rough sort of the potential. You know, we've got the mining, we've got tourism, we've got um, and then we're linking all these you know, all these towns. So once you get to Laverton, you can go up to the Pilbara, you can go over to Geraldton, and you can go down south to Perth. Once you get to Winton, you can go to Cairns, Townsville, Rocky, and down into um, southern Queensland. So, you know, this route is like a gateway, opens up a gateway to whole of states and really does. And it also becomes a feeder line for the Adelaide-Darwin Railway as well. So tracking forward. We're just pushing for a wider industry awareness campaign now and obviously industry support, letters of support, commentary support for the Outback Way going forward with our budget submission and in an election year. So $500 million to complete by 27-28, so $500 million over, over five years, $100 million a year, which would then be added to by each of the jurisdictions with 20%. Thank you for tuning in to the Outback Way podcast. The show notes will be on our website at outbackway.org.au. If you are enjoying our podcast, please leave us a review. And if you're really enjoying our podcast, you may like to become a contributor through our Outback Way store. For $5, you can help with the production of our podcast. Please stay in touch. We'd really love to hear your stories. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Outback Way One. And finally, thanks to Perk Digital for producing our podcast, making your journey through the heart of Australia on Australia's longest shortcut.
easier. Please travel safely. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au and if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.